Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. Good day, everyone, and welcome to all my BFFs. I hope everyone listening today is buckled in and ready because we've got an extraordinary guest in Bill Bodner. He is the Chief Revenue Officer at Tabrasa and Chief Market Analyst at Mortgage Market Guide. Uh, pleased to report also uh, the producer of The Bourbon Room in Hollywood, which is uh, you know very important for me, a uh, big fan of bourbon. So welcome to the show, Bill. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, Matt. So we like to start the show off uh, by asking a kind of a level set question of everyone. It kind of uh, it, it gives a little bit of insight into your personality, Bill. So uh, tell us, what was your first car? <laughs> oh wow! Um, well, speaking of the '80s, it was a it was an '83 Corolla. It was teal, and uh, yeah, it was reliable and got me where I needed to go. <laughs> I, I, I had an '82 Chevrolet Chevette, so I I, I feel you. Um, yeah. Good, good, good. So I understand uh, your company, Tabrasa, produces a mortgage tech product called the Mortgage Market Guide, and it tracks uh, an assortment of data for mortgage professionals. If you would, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so Mortgage Market Guide, we've been doing this for over 20 years now. We help uh, tons of folks in the mortgage space, thousands, and even in the real estate side, realtors that want to elevate their financial literacy. You know, when you're out there in the mortgage business, there's so much noise. I mean, look at where we're sitting here today. You know, we have the Fed, we have banks, we have inflation, we have all these things. And and the questions come, what are rates doing? What does it mean? And so we help mortgage professionals and housing professionals navigate the markets every day. That's the summation of it. You know, winning realtor business. And then, of course, when you're competing for an opportunity to have, uh, you know, to be plugged in in real time, be able to navigate that, I think, is a, a winning strategy for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So for our listeners out there, uh, visit Tabrasa, T-A-B-R-A-S-A dot I-O. And if you want to learn more about the Mortgage Market Guide uh, and any of the Tabrasa products, um, you know, I, I know there's been some economic reporting out uh, just today, in fact, with regard to the jobs numbers. How do you think that impacts rates as we're moving forward here? It's great. Great question. So, you know, as you know, the Fed also this week raised rates for the 10th time. And um, the jobs report, it's important for the real estate because we always worry about rates, rates, rates. Jobs by homes, Matt. If you don't have a job, you know, you could be the nicest guy in the world with the lowest rate on the planet. But if I don't have a job or I'm in fear of losing my job, I can't buy a home. So the good news is the labor market remains very tight. Uh, it was a mixed number. You know, it was 253,000, the headline number. But the previous reports were down, were revised lower. So the market's kind of looking at this almost like a Goldilocks. Like it was a big, it was a good headline number, but it'll probably be revised lower. Then on the unemployment side, you know, the unemployment rate comes from another survey that showed that the unemployment rate ticked down to 3.4%. But within there, how did we get there? The labor pool shrunk. So, you know, how you get the unemployment rate, you have the number of people in the pool available to work and then how many people are unemployed. Well, if the pool gets smaller, unemployment goes down. So it's not the best way to get to unemployment. So I think at the end of it, it was great because, you know, bonds, the bond market had a tough time, maybe rates tick up slightly, but the chance of a Fed rate hike in June did not change. Right now, it still looks like the Fed's going to pause um, in June, but we have, you know, a few weeks to get there. Uh, so Bill, 
you know, we had this economic news come out and, and you know, it, it, to me, it's topsy-turvy. You know, the average Joe standing on the sidelines is looking at this and saying, man, that's great economic news, right? Uh, you know, low job. Uh, everybody's having a job that wants a job. There's a lot of jobs out there waiting for people, but it's having a negative impact on inflation. How, do, how does this, this mixed signal kind of affect the mortgage rates and, 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 and what this does to our economy as, as we move into the, the middle part, later part of the year? That's a great point. And so the Fed, in our eyes, you know, they've already raised rates 10 times. So they're kind of done, right? You have the banking problems and all these other things. So we think they're done. They're going to maybe try to get one in. But right now, as we speak, they're not going to raise rates further. So this jobs report was really, this is one of those rare times where the good news was actually good news. Like you said, you know, some lately, good news has been bad news because it means more Fed rate hikes, but not no longer. I think that we're beyond that. I think now we're to the point where you know, the other thing that you have to think about with Fed rate hikes, you know, we raised rates 500 basis points and, you know, we started last March 17th. So here we are, you know, 12, 13, you know, 13, 14 months. Uh, a chunk of those, a giant chunk of that rate hike, call it 475 basis points, have yet to hit the economy. So the, so the Fed's talking about policy lag effects. You hear that terminology. And so the Fed right now, I think, wants to, is going to try to keep rates where they are until inflation drops. And so when you get a good report like this, it doesn't necessarily mean Fed's going to raise rates any longer. And that's what it's showing up in the, in the interest rate market today in response to that jobs print. And Lauren, I, I just read this uh, yesterday, Lauren, or maybe it was this morning even, Lawrence Young came out with a statement um, after the report came out and, and referenced the 3.4% um, you know, uh, unemployment rate and having a super tight job market. Mm -hmm. Mentioning job openings are way above you know, those searching for jobs mentions there's 9.6 million job openings compared to 5.7 million people searching for one. Now, you know, I, I, you know, I, I know folks that are, you know, that have actually kind of revised their outlook on life, as it were, as the pandemic, you know, coming out of the pandemic. And, you know, this group in particular was in the millennial generation. You know, they're they're kind of looking at things a little bit differently and maybe they're not so apt to jump back into the market, but it still seems you know, more, uh, like you said, more folks with more jobs means there's going to be more demand for housing. How, how do you see that playing out? That's exactly right. I was in Colorado speaking to a group of real estate agents up in uh, in Windsor, Colorado. And we shared this story that like going into the risk of a job support, what we have to watch for. And you just looked around that area. You look all around our, our country, wherever the jobs are being created, you know, the low unemployment, where they're building businesses. Remember, there's two, there's two ways that jobs... Are, are great for housing. Number one, personally, as we just talked about, right? If I feel good that I have a job, I can go out and get a home. But then the other thing you see is these business-friendly climates. Whoever's listening to this, you know, wherever you, wherever the the, the state and, and 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 companies are installing big businesses that attract talent, that's the other way the labor pool uh, supports housing, right? Because it, it, it's going to attract it. And when you have unemployment this tight, it. it it's it's really it bodes so well for housing because I know I can get a job I can move I can relocate to an area where there are jobs so it's a, it is a great backdrop for housing Matt. So you know everybody's trying to peg the market and you know I, I've been in the real estate vertical uh, practicing marketing and technology marketing and and you know we run my BFF uh, social media marketing and advertising and help a lot of folks in the uh, uh, the real estate and finance space and you know. I grew up here in, in the Pittsburgh area, and at that time, rates were about seven, seven and a half uh, before they spiked, you know, during the early 80s. 
And that was pretty normal. Like everybody thought 7% was kind of a normal rate. Do you feel like we're going to find that balance where folks are no longer kind of hung up mentally on that 3.25% rate they were going to get three years ago or two years ago? And, you know, we're, we're going to start to move into more of a normal mental model where people are looking at a, a certain level as a normal rate again. Yeah, oh, it's such a great point, Matt. So yes, the what I think what really made people, what made housing tough and the mortgage business by definition tough was not necessarily the, the spike in rates, but the, the rate of acceleration. We went from two to seven in a year. It was overdone and markets overcook and we're already starting to find balance. It, you know, our base case and and, you know, I, I test this theory against a lot of smart folks that we follow is that we're going to settle in the fives this year. And, you know, we have thousands of subscribers. I go around the country. I'm speaking all the time. I can't find one group of people that say, yeah, if we go in the fives, things aren't going to work out. In fact, everybody says life will go on really just fine. But rates in the five in the mortgage business, it's going to spark refinance activity. It will absolutely further housing. And then that other challenge that we have in housing, you know, we have this thing where people like come under, under house arrest, right? Where they have this low mortgage rate. Oh, I can't leave. Well, if, you know, if it gets in the fives, I'm making a decision. If it's seven, I might have to be you know, shackled, but if it's in the fives, I'm probably going to pick up and move. So I, that's where we're headed, Matt. The story is going to get better for us in housing for sure, as it relates to rate. Yeah. So, you know, and I've heard uh, real estate professionals, you know, say this time and again, you know, uh, real estate transactions for, ha you know, they happen for happy reasons and sad reasons, right? Birth, death, divorce, graduation, marriage. Right. And that's, you know, that that's, that's just the, the common nature of, of the fluctuation and, you know, the gravity of the market. So, you know, there's a certain number of people that are going to move year to year, you know, maybe it's between five and 6 million transactions are going to happen in the United States, um, you know, this year. Uh, how, what do you tell you know, the mortgage marketing professional or the real estate market professional kind of keep your head up. You know, things are going to balance out and, and, and keep keep at it. And, and how does how does Tabrasso and, and, and the mortgage market guide help them do that with their customers? Well, where you can see the future, I think, just happened at the beginning of this year. You know, we, we, we all endured a lot of pain in mortgage and housing. In October, November, when rates went to 7%. And then as things started to settle in in January, we got a little bit of relief as soon as the calendar turned. And upon that little bit of relief in interest rates, I mean, homes were flying off the shelf, right? And then rates went up again, and then they came back down, and they jumped in again. Consumers, probably because they're 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 eager, number one, and they're aligned with professionals like the folks that may be using our product and, and, and real estate professionals that have dialed in with the market, know when things are, when rates are getting better and they're striking an opportunity. It just, it, you can almost sense the incredible demand. And I, and I had a call with the folks at Housing Wire and uh, they, they have some interesting data real time. And homes are flying off the shelf. We don't have a demand problem, right? We have a supply problem, you know? So we got to figure, that's the, the, probably the piece we have to figure out, Matt. Certainly not, are people going to buy homes? I mean, people want to move. We've been, COVID, I think, changed a lot of things and, you know, household creation or you know, household formation is, is there. Um, renters don't want to be renters. You know, you hear all these reports about, I think something came out recently, like owning a home, you know, long-term wealth is like 40 or 50 X. People are dialed in, they see that and they're like, yeah, I don't want to take, give my increasing pay to a, to a landlord. And so I, I think there's just so many great little green shoots that you're seeing within housing that just suggests that it's going to be 
gangbusters. And the folks that we talk to that are in the space, you see cycles. We've all lived through cycles. I've been doing it over 20 years, like yourself, a long time. You see cycles. This is not 2008 by any stretch of the imagination. And I think people understand that, especially because of the labor market and the mortgage products that are out there, right? We don't have these, you know, no income, breathe on a mirror, get a loan or, you know, and home and, and you know, home value is going crazy. It's already starting to settle in, you know? Yeah. You, you feel like the the people that are in homes right now, those loans are solid. Oh, they really are. I mean, they, they're absolutely. The underwriting standards were so different. You know, the Fed, you know, I mean, you talked about the mortgages and, and, and you know, that'd be a whole other conversation. You know, you, you, you mentioned it earlier with the low rates. That was a unique moment in time in May of, of 20, you know, when, when, when rates uh, were going, when COVID hit. The Fed did not come into the mortgage market because they said, hey, I want to create a refinance boom and I want to spark housing. They did it to stabilize the mortgage-backed security market, which was going crazy. There was a fear that, holy cow, 40 million people could be unemployed. There's going to be mass foreclosures. Their problem was they didn't stop what they were doing fast enough. They did it. And basically, they were subsidizing mortgages for two years, driving rate. So we have to pay for that. And so you, you couldn't have, expect homes to go up by 20% year over year. It made it unattainable. But now it's coming back down. And we're going to go to what is a normal course of appreciation is some single digit and life will carry on. Single digit appreciation, rate in fives. That's a wonderful market. And, and it will be supported with jobs that are plentiful. Right, right. I like it. I like the optimistic uh, outlook. Um, you know, you were, you were discussing um, the mortgage rates and, and, and how that impacts someone's mental model in terms of going forward with a, a purchase. And I've heard the, the phrase, um, you know, mainly applying to equities and, and investing. Um, and I've heard you say, you know, uh, sell in May and go away. Right. So but for people that are in that housing market, you know, if you've had one of those triggers in your life, you know, maybe it's for a happy reason. There's a marriage. You're having a new baby. You need more room. Um, you know, how do you how do you manage the expectation in terms of, um, uh, you know, don't don't try and time the market. And we, we you know, I've heard everyone when I was buying a house, you know, the, the, my, my my real estate professional, my realtor and my my mortgage guy, they're always telling me, don't try and time the market. Do you find a home that you love? Find a way to to, to make it happen. So, you know, what do you tell those people that are you know hesitant right now and, and kind of still on the fence? Great question. You know, there's a time old phrase there too. Like, um, there's never a bad time to buy housing, right? There's never. I mean, if you, you're living in it, right? It's just, it's just never a bad time. In fact, you know, there's there's, other, there's others like you buy when there's blood in the streets, right? When people didn't want housing. Oh my God, rates. There are opportunities, and the smart people are doing it. You know, and when you, especially those that are renting, goodness, it's an easy jump. It's such an easy jump. But when you have a good event, you find a home that you like. Rates, you know, they have these terms that are out there. You know, marry the home, date the rate, you know, that is going to be somewhat true because the people that did buy a home, even over the last year with rates and sixes and sevens, they are going to be able to refinance that. And they got the home they wanted when everybody else was running scared. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that you just, you got to just buy a home. The one that makes sense for you in the right area and your job is secure, you do it and you don't think twice because long-term the wealth appreciation, if that means something to you, you know, because I know renters are feared, you know, their housing price is going to drop. Not when you have no inventory. <laughs> they're just right, not. Right, they're, right. They're, right. They're not yeah. Gonna... Following up on that point, um, I just read this. I think it was New York Times story yesterday or this week. Uh, Rent Cafe came out with a survey and it, it references the fact that millennials are now 
a majority home ownership generation for the first time with 51.5% of millennials now owning their own home. And that's been a, a significant impact overall uh, as we see more and more millennials now jumping into the home ownership game finally after a you know probably a, an extended period of, of holding back and waiting. Um, and, and that adds on, right? So, but for the younger, you know, millennial, and then as you even get into Gen Z now, do you feel like the home ownership, the dream of home ownership is still alive and well, or do you feel like the mortgage market in general is going to have to come up with new and innovative products to meet that demand, to enable them to get into a home based on, you know, the financial realities of life? Yeah. It's a great, it's another great question, Matt. I mean, you know, I'm optimistic that we will come up with ways. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get a down payment. I mean, the government does provide a lot of unique ways to help people get down payment assistance and things like that to help people get into a home, which then, you know, just creates such a great avenue for someone. They don't do that for renters, right? And, you know, they do that for people to purchase a home because purchasing a home obviously bleeds into the economy. There's tax revenues. There's, you know, you got to buy stuff for your home. They want home ownership. And so there are many, many, many programs for young Yeah, I mean, I've seen, and, and maybe you can comment a little bit on this. I've seen uh, discussions of a 50-year mortgage. Now, I know that happens in Japan and that's a normal occurrence, but I, I've not really seen that in terms of it becoming an, uh, an offering or an accepted practice here in the U.S. Do you, do you see that as a, a potential? If rates, if, 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 yes, if rates don't come down enough and or we don't have the supply, you know, like, like supply, they will have to get, there will be creative products like we had. Then we're not going to go back to the, you know, no income, no assets, and, you know, two, one, buy down with these ridiculous rates that go up afterwards, those are gone. So they will meet some kind of underwriting standards, but longer term, you know, long 40-year paper, 50-year uh, bonds, 50-year mortgages, I, I do see that as potentially an option. Heck, you know what? If rates don't come down, our government may have to do something like that, right? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to afford all this debt. So you got to stretch, you got to stretch those payments out. So they will have to do something. Yeah. Um you, you mentioned the government. I know there's another report coming out next week. The Consumer Price Index um, is, is going to be issuing a report. Um, and, and again, this gets into that confusion for the normal Joe on the street. Um, you know, the, the Consumer Price Index might be coming down a little bit, but there's still inflation uh, factors that are impacting um, the economy at large. Do you see, you know, where do you see that report uh, having an impact? And, and And what does that do as it relates to you know, the Fed's long-term view on, on, on what they do about rates. Yeah. So CPI, the inflation prints that come out, CPI and PCE, which is another measure of it, the CPI in particular, some of the biggest interest rate moves have taken place on those days. So if you're shopping for a home, you're, you're working with a mortgage professional, make sure you're aligned on when those come. That's next Wednesday. And when, when you're looking for signs that's coming down, by the way, inflation has peaked. And another thing I like to say whenever I'm speaking, if inflation were the problem, like, oh my God, it's going to lead, lead to higher rates, the 10-year note would not be 340. It would be much higher. The bond market is not stupid. It, you know, If it sees inflation being a long-term issue, we would have rates would be much higher. They're not. And so the fear right now is much more of a policy error with the Fed, higher or longer, and we slow the economy down. You know, The economy, long-term, that is supposed to grow like sub 2%. You know, that's not that what we're going to live through right now 
And I think what the market and what everybody in this, on the call should listen to is a, a period of slower growth and higher prices. But the prices are going to come down. And one of the reasons is our world. Rents are coming down. You know, home prices have come down. Those are lagging. And those are going to show up in the, in the months ahead. And it's not really clear how much it will, you know, how much and when it will impact. But it's, it makes up 40 to 50% of inflation is shelter, right? Just your rent payment. So if those start coming down, that could have a real ding effect on, on inflation. And I think the bond market sees that. That's why you're seeing the 10-year note beneath the rate of inflation, right? Inflation is 5%, 10-year notes, three and, three and a half, 340. That's the only reason why. You know, there's a thing that what bothers me about the inflation numbers when we talk about the Fed and even all the data, there are, there are backward-looking reports and then there's leading indicators. The backward-looking report are the jobs report, the inflation. That was a month ago. Right, the forward-looking, the ten-year, the ten-year break-even expectations. They don't even talk about this in the media, and I don't. I wonder why. The, the, there's a measure of inflation. The bond market thinks inflation is going to run just above two percent for the next ten years, and you wonder why rates are where they are coming down. It's be, it's because of that. It's not because of some backward-looking inflation number. You know, uh, we'll see. It's it's volatile still, but inflation has peaked, which means rates have peaked, and when you see the housing component coming at us to lower inflation in the future, it does make, it makes me feel comfortable that inflation will in fact come down in the months ahead and we'll keep that. And with the fed gone, that means long-term rates will continue to step lower. Right on Bill Bonner, everyone, one of the best in the business. He's chief revenue officer at Tabrasa and chief marketing analyst at mortgage market guide. Make sure you are out there checking it out. If you're in the market, if you're a mortgage professional, if you're a real estate pro, check out Tabrasa and their products. Super helpful, and uh, it's, it's definitely going to help your customers. Uh, for all my, my BFFs out there, join us again next time as we bring some of America's most dynamic business people to share their insights. Thank you, Bill, and I look forward to catching up with you for a, maybe a Woodford Reserve. I don't know what kind of bourbon you're into, but you know, I'm Ooh, certainly I'm open to it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Take care.